In today's video, I'm going to share with you the four signs of parental alienation. Also, the devastating effects this will have on your children if you or your ex is doing this. Also, I'm going to share a bit of my life experience as a parent who has been alienated against, and therefore, I currently have no relationship with my children. As one of the therapists involved said, it's the worst case of parental alienation they have ever seen. Um, I'll get to more of that in a minute. But first, make sure you subscribe to whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, whatever platform, all of the platforms. I do my best to provide a tremendous amount of free resources. Times are tough. Millions of people want to heal. Millions of people can't afford to pay someone like me or buy a program or whatever. So subscribe to every one of those so because I put different content in different places and that way you're always getting all the free information I put out. Now if you're in a better financial position and you're able to invest in yourself and your recovery then my suggestion is head over to my website and subscribe to it kennyweiss.net. There you're going to find a direct link to purchase my book, direct link to enroll in my classes, my private group, to book a session with me. Basically, everything you need to heal the pain from the past and become the greatest version of yourself. So, Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <clears throat> Make sure you do that. Now, let's move on to my story. Um, I want to get something clear here. I am not here to badmouth my ex-wife. Um, this will sound really weird, but unless you've done the recovery, especially if you haven't done the recovery work, if you've done the recovery work, you'll understand exactly what I'm about to say. I adore that woman. That woman saved my life, even though I experienced physical and verbal abuse and I haven't seen my kids because of the alienation. If it weren't for my ex-wife and my child's mother, I wouldn't have ever had this career. Everything that is good in my life is a result of how bad that relationship was. If, it hadn't, if I hadn't been treated that way, I would have never gone and met my therapist who happened to be an expert in all the things that you learned from me. He's also the one that a couple months in recognized, Kenny, you have a gift working with people. You have an insight others don't have. You need to work for me. He planted the seeds for what I do now. Now again, it's devastating what I've been through. But you only end up with a person like that who treats you poorly if you have a lot of dysfunctions in yourself that you need to heal and make amends to. And these destructive people, it's a dual destructive relationship. While when I left the relationship, I thought I was the hero and I was the victim. 
if you go become an expert like I did and learn about this stuff, you'll see we are hurtful in our ways too. And so as you listen to certain stories I tell, please don't have animosity towards her. Don't take my side. It's not about taking sides. What I want you to hear instead is you're learning about two incredibly broken people who came together and did the best they could with who they were at the time. They were mutually destructive to each other in their own ways, not because my wife or ex-wife or myself are bad people, but because we don't teach about the importance of childhood trauma and all the things and that these dynamics never happen unless you've been through childhood trauma and that it requires both to do the healing work. And so if you're stuck in anger, resentment, victim, feeling like the victim from an ex, what that tells me is your journey isn't complete. You'll know it's complete when you recognize that these hurtful people in our life were our greatest teachers. They showed us how to find the best part of ourselves. And so I encourage you, if you don't have that yet, stay with the journey. If you do, I guarantee you'll adore them as well. All right. So one thing that I haven't seen many people bring up about parental alienation is how it can start during the relationship. Again, this is not to badmouth my ex-wife. This is what you're hearing is two parents doing the best they could with where they were at the time. But during, uh, while we were still together, I was too imperfect and too insecure to stand up for myself. And so she, I only was allowed to take the kids out two or three times on my own, spend time with them alone. She completely controlled everything we did. They were always her possessions. And like I said, there are only a couple times where I took them in the car or did something with them alone. It was, I was asking for permission to be a parent. She controlled and managed everything I did. Badmouthed me as a parent, even as infants, critiquing all of this stuff. So the alienation can happen even before the relationship ends. A prime example is this. She controlled everything rarely. It was only like less than five times. I, I'm feeling like it's two or three, but I know memory is distorted. So let's just say less than 10 times in 10 years where I was able to be alone with the kids. You know what the longest period of alone time I had with the kids was? I had had surgery. You know, this weird finger that people point out? I had had surgery on it. Need to get it again, it looks like. But I had surgery on it. And I also had my knee scoped. So I had no use of one leg and no use of one arm. She brought me home from the hospital got situated in the family room, and she left. She went over to her mother's and left me there with an infant and a four-year-old to care for him for four to six hours. I couldn't walk. My, my youngest daughter's screaming and crying. She has a wet diaper. I'm crawling, hopping, doing anything I can to get in there and try and change her with one hand. Now, again, that may sound like she's a bad person, but... I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't know how. Again, these are the aspects. Everyone wants to point the finger here, but this is just as dysfunctional. 
we shared equally in our perfect imperfections as a parent, all right? <clears throat> so that's an alienating behavior right there. And those types of things can happen before the marriage or before the relationship ends. Immense control, shaming, criticizing, all of that. So now let's get into the four ways um, that you'll know you're experiencing parental alienation. The first one is any negative words or actions towards the other parent. This amounts to bad-mouthing. I remember I was sitting at a Dairy Queen. I was married to my second wife. And I just went for a walk and um, beautiful summer day. And who doesn't love a blizzard, right? So I'm just sitting there. And in Colorado, if you haven't seen a Colorado sunset, like you need to, especially in the summer after the rains come and everything. So I'm sitting there watching the sunset, eating a blizzard. And around the corner is a father with his son, he's probably in the 10 to 12 year old range. And he's just ripping on her mother, how she's late all the time, how she um, uh, is stupid and the man she's with is stupid. That's an example of parental alienation. And I lost my boundaries and I went over and I just said, I didn't yell and scream, I wanted to. As a, as a parent who'd been alienated and experienced all of that, and I just looked at him and I said, you know what? I know your heart is to love your son, but with those words, you're, you're putting him in the middle where he has to choose either one of you. He wants to love his mother and he gets to love his mother and he gets to decide that for himself. And when we say things like this about our partner, both parents lose. Something you might want to think about. He gets to love both of you, not one or the other. And then I walked off. Uh, don't know if I should have said it. It's none of my business, but I couldn't help myself. But that's an example. So they will, um, you know, say things to the kids like they're unfit. The other parent is crazy. Um, they'll critique that what they're doing is wrong or dangerous. You know, they have a huge issues with the new partner. Um, and these are things they say to their own children. That's the thing is they're telling their own children how bad the other parent is, all right? One of the main ways you see this is posting publicly. Now, like I said, my ex-wife created a blog. I'll be honest, about 60% of it was true. <laughs> like There were a lot of things on there that were imperfections of mine, or actually it's probably about 40%, 60% of it was all lies. And we had a court order that neither one of us were dis to disparage the other parent in any way at any time, all right? And that's another thing they'll do. They'll ignore all the court orders, all right? Any chance they can to disparage you. So they create blog articles. This may be difficult to hear, but you see this all over Facebook when uh, parents have split up. One of the parents is posting constantly about how much the kids hate going to see the other parent and how awful the other parent is. That is a almost always, not in every case, sometimes the other parent truly is abusive, but almost always the one making the claims is the abuser. The kids are saying they want to stay with them because they're being alienated. It's a form of what's called Stockholm Syndrome. I'll get into that a little bit more. So when you see some apparent post about how awful the ex is and how the kids hate the ex, Pause. Don't play into that. Again, 
you need to gather information because in almost all cases, the parent complaining about the ex is the one who's being the abuser and doing the alienation. It is not okay for a child under 18 to hear negativity about the parent. That is abusive, it is alienating, and it is not okay to do, all right? Um, the second thing is they try and get the child to reject the other parent. One of the greatest ways, and this is... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There, you know, I remember this one. I'm just telling the truth. It's important that my children know what the truth is. That's one of the greatest things an alienating parent hides behind is the truth. Um, so they can share all the sordid details of the divorce or the breakup. Here's the thing. It is never okay to share adult information with a child, whether there's a divorce or you're together. There, as a parent, it is our job to learn what is age-appropriate information. It is, never, it is never healthy to share the intimate details of our relationship with a child that is abusive, that is hurtful. There, there's another video I'm going to do where I dive deeper into the, the why why this is so bad. I'm not going to get into it now. I'll get diverted. But those are not, it is not healthy, loving, or kind to tell the unvarnished truth to a child under 18. That is abusive, that is hurtful, that is damaging, and it destroys the relationship. Please, if you're doing it, stop. Stop. You're not helping your child. You're destroying your child. Okay? Um, another thing that they do that's part of this trying to get the child to reject the other parent is they do everything they can to make them angry. Um, angry at the other parent. And this is part of why they tell these, you know, many times they lie. They do all of these things because part of what they're doing is they're co-opting the child into their own anger. See, an alienated parent is really, well, there's a lot of things at play here. One of the things is they have been severely victimized as a child. They feel incredibly powerless. They're filled with tremendous self-loathing, self-hatred, and shame. And so when you see somebody, here's a, a key, in, here's why. When you see somebody go way up here, really falsely empowered, really righteous, when they're, you know, so dedicated to all of that and so angry, what's really happening is they're hiding this down here. How small, hurt. I'm not saying my ex was insignificant, but that's how they feel when they're there. Like that's what it's hiding, all of that anger. And so because it's too big to handle, that's why they co-opt the child into it. They're trying to get their child to carry their unhealed pain for them. And because their anger 
remember anger is always a projection. It, you know, there may be things about the other person we don't like, but it's only because it's a reflection back on our own perfect imperfections that we haven't healed. And so and a parent who's alienating has so many things about themselves they haven't forgiven, it's too big for them to process emotionally. And that's why they co-opt the child into it to try and carry it for them. Okay? So it really has nothing to do with the other parent. It has to do with what's going on inside of them. Another way that they try and get the child to reject the parent is they make them feel bad if the child likes any activities, hobbies, or aspect of the other parent. I'll never forget. I'd take my kids. I remember taking them to try out. They had a free hockey thing, learn about hockey, golf, all these different activities, and they'd have a blast. And then they'd go home to their mother, and the next time, the second, it was so fascinating. The second they get in the car, Dad, I don't want to play hockey. Dad, I don't want to play golf. Like, they had been conditioned and shamed by their mother for liking anything about me. They had to pick an allegiance to their mother. And so any activity that we might enjoy together was stripped from them. They were the, you know, they, they couldn't attach to me in that way. All right. Um, another way they do this is, again, um, I remember they, they went on a trip. And back then I had a house with some land and I had built this like 10 by 10 Victorian playhouse, like not a little one, but 10 by 10, you know, gable roofs. And, you know, I made all the windows and everything and these bunk beds and all of that stuff. Well, it hadn't been finished when we split and um, they were out of town. And so I spent that weekend and I finished it off. I was really proud of myself. I was like, oh. You know, I'm putting aside this stuff and, you know, I, this is about my kids. You know, I had little flowers underneath the windows and all these different things. And um, when I picked up my kids, they just chastised me for it because they had learned that from their mother, that it was a waste of my time and efforts to do that. And I was just trying to buy their love. That's what they do. All right. This is one of the ways they make them reject the other parent and make them feel bad about seeing the other parent. Let's move on to number three. <clears throat> they overtly and covertly try and sabotage the relationship with the other parent, and they're usually very successful at it. Um, one of the ways they do that is after spending time with this parent, the, the one being alienated, they grill. They go back to mom or dad and they get grilled about what they did. And, you know, what they did or didn't do, how they were parented and all of that. And all of that's critiqued, all right? And usually then they will call all the people involved in the divorce and sure up a, you know, stir up a beehive around all the problems about the terrible parenting. Like they're constantly dragging you into court and, you know, telling, you know, telling everyone and everything what a terrible parent you are. They'll ask the child to spy on you and report back to them. I remember, I, I mean, I got in trouble. Um, I was, you know, you have to remember this divorce took over three years <laughs> because she just wouldn't let go. Um, but I had started, uh, I was dating my second wife. I, I don't know. I don't think we were engaged yet because I, I wouldn't have done that, um, before the marriage, you know, the divorce was final, but we were close to it. Anyway, we took a nap with our clothes on, on the bed above the covers. Like it was nothing 
scandalous at all. But man, did I get raked over the coals by the experts involved about having taken a nap. Well, that's because my kids were told to spy on me and report back uh, to what my behaviors were. Um, another way that they do this is they don't tell the other parent about the activities. You know, let's say your kids play soccer or have a dance recital. They leave all that out. They don't, you know, or they, the kids come home with school papers. They don't share them with you or they pull that one out so you miss the event. Um, they refuse to share health information, school or activity information. Um, I know mine, I, my, one of my daughters needed surgery and I kept setting it up and she kept canceling it because it was during my parenting time. Not that she couldn't come or anything like that. She, it just had to be during her parenting time. Um, and so these, it's all, they're just controlling every aspect of it and looking for any little nook and cranny to shame you, blame you, belittle you, and destroy you as a parent and destroy any connection you have with the child. The fourth thing is, is they sabotage uh, the visitation and contact with the other parent. They're late to pick up the kids, they're late to drop off the kids, or they drop them off, um, or they pick them up too early. You know, they try and steal them from you. Um, they don't follow the, the court orders on visitation. Um, they're constantly manipulating and trying to find ways to keep the child from you. Um, they, here's a big one. Parents make this mistake all the time. And you may not be alienating your child, but it is horrifically damaging to be repeatedly calling your child when they're at the other parent's house or demand they call you. And a lot of parents, oh, but they want to talk to me. Oh, we got to keep connected and all that. No. <clears throat> Periodically, that's fine. But this daily thing and this daily connection, what happens is, is the child never gets a chance to assimilate in either home. And especially if both parents are demanding phone calls. Because each parent ends up having their own rules, their own energy, their own way of parenting. Well, if the child's here and this one's constantly calling and then they'll slip in little comments or they'll tell a little story and mom or dad will make, you know, most times just an innocuous comment. I'm, I'm even talking about non-alienating parents. But they'll hear about a story go, oh, wow, why'd you do that? Boom. You just critique the other parent's parenting skills. That's alienation. Now, I want to make it clear because I can hear people going, well, what do I do if it's abuse? I'm not talking about abuse. That's not what this is about. A parent who is alienating is not alienating because the other parent is abusive. They're being the abuser as they project onto the other one that they are the abuser. All right? That's the hallmark to a parent who alienates. They are the abuser. And they're accusing the other one of abuse. All right? Now, if there is abuse, yes, every child and every parent should fight and not allow that behavior to happen. But an alienating parent is the accuser. All right? But in fact, they are the perpetrator. That's the key. All right? So when you... I'll get into this more deeply of how to go through all of these things so you don't alienate your child in the next video. But constantly calling the child puts them in a double bind. They never feel settled. They never get to 
get comfortable in the rules of this house and this parenting style they're, or this one. They're always fluctuating in between. All right. And so that's why the calling all the time is not a healthy dynamic for the child. Um, they don't, you know, they don't allow the child to get in touch with the other parent. There, there are times when the child wants to reach out or wants to include them in something and they will, no, your dad's not good at that. No, your mom, that like, you know, they will find ways to control the child and stop that. All right. Now, there are the four signs that if you're experiencing that, you're being alienated against. Now I want to talk about um, the ramifications, the effects this will have on your child. And I'm, I'm pretty certain, certain there are some parents listening that are probably recognizing that they're doing some alienating. I know the really severe alienators have already tuned me out. <laughs> they're too angry. They've, they've already written paragraphs about what a jerk I am. Um, it would be the rare person who is still here and, and recognizing, oh my God, I thought I was doing the right thing. And they're crushed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. They're crying, grieving, and they don't want to be this way. Um, or they're on the fence. And that's why I'm going to share the consequences of what happens to a child who has been alienated. It is incredibly destructful for their long-term happiness and success. <clears throat> this child denies that they had any good experiences with the other parent. So in other words, you're raising a child to live in denial, in complete self-deception. They cannot live in truth. They've had to create a false reality based on a false image you've created. And so this child does not know how to live in reality. That is one of the worst things you can do to a child. Also, alienated children end up typically being incredibly rude, ungrateful, spiteful. They're very cold. And especially, they, they have all of those behaviors toward the targeted parent. They inflict all of that. Their biggest venom. Well, I don't know if it's biggest, but they have all of those traits toward the targeted parent. Um, another thing, because they're out of touch with reality and self-deception, they will believe, wholeheartedly believe, and say that all of these opinions, all of their feelings are their idea, that they truly hate the parent. They are so distorted. This is the Stockholm Syndrome. Now, if those, for those of you who are not aware of Stockholm Syndrome, this came about, um, I think it was in the 70s. Uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, there were some bank robbers and they took hostages. And I can't remember how many days they were in there. But the hostages ended up creating a human shield around the bank robbers as, as they came out, you know, as they, it all ended. I think one or two of them married one of the robbers. It is a life-saving technique for a child even an adult, to attach to the abuser to try and get them to like them. 
And so this is why the child, and this is why those people on Facebook, and they're going, but I'm listening to my child. You have to be careful. Your child may have created this hatred and all of these feelings, not on their own, but because of the parent who's alienating. It's a survival technique. Because the child will attach to the more abusive, not the safe one. I don't want to toot my own horn. Yes, I do. Yeah, actually I do. I'm going to toot my own horn. The thing I'm most proud of, because I went through all of this, and went and became an expert on how to handle children who've been through this and went bankrupt, trying to get my kids help, is I know that the reason my kids hate me, attack me, feel the way they do, is because I did the work to be the safest parent possible. See, when you go do the work and you don't have anger and resentment, you've let it go and you can adore the ex, that gives the child an unwavering, deep in their soul sense of comfort that for the first, at least there's one person in their life where they don't have to be anybody, they don't have to act a certain way, they can be authentic and they'll be accepted and loved. And so they can push you away because you know, they know that you don't judge them for it. That's the beauty of doing this work. Now, how the heck could I hate or be angry at my ex? I learned the most authentic way to be a truly unconditionally loving parent for my children. I, would have, I was conditional. I was not a present. There are a lot of mistakes I made as a parent before all of this. I mean, the fact that I'm allowing abuse and not leaving, all these different things. All of that, that ability to love my children and be proud that they're doing what they think is right for them is the most loving act I can give them as a parent. And that's all a direct result of her. So you try and convince me that there's a problem. There isn't. I don't get to parent the way most parents get to parent, but that does not mean I am not a parent. It's just different. Okay? <clears throat> Another consequence of alienating child, uh, of an effect on an alienating child is they get very black and white about the world and especially the parents. One is all good, one is all bad. And so they're all, because of that Stockholm Syndrome, they're always taking the side of the, the parent who's doing the, doing the alienation, the, basically the perpetrator of abuse. They will always go black to this and attach to it, all right? Um, and that shows up in a lack of gratitude for the gifts, the favors, the child support, all the efforts that this parent who's being targeted they minimize it, throw it under the carpet, and yet this parent, I have to be careful here, I don't want to say things. Yeah, I just need to drop that. Because here, here's the thing. We don't want to share um, details of the relationship until our children are older. But it has to be at their request. Now, I'm sharing some of the details from this because my kids don't watch any of the stuff I do. 
but I'm also being very cautious about staying away from really big stuff because that's a discussion if my kids ever want to hear it, they get to decide that, not me. And so my kids may never know the truth of what happened during the divorce and the relationship and everything. And that's okay. The truth. They don't need to know the truth. I don't need to abuse my kids just so I can stand up and go, I'm right or I'm better. I'm not right. I'm not better. We're both perfectly imperfect. And what matters is what's best for the child. And so what's best for the child is for me not to get into the details because it's okay if they love their mother, even if she's perfectly imperfect. They deserve that. They get to decide if there's a problem, not me. That's not my job. Okay? <clears throat> so how does this affect them long-term? The child ends up, they, they will struggle with depression, anxiety, addiction, and substance abuse, insomnia, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, it's usually a high indicator and in increase of suicide, very low self-esteem. They will have, for the rest of their life, extreme trust and relationship issues and very insecure attachment styles. So if you're a parent who's been watching this and recognizing, ooh, I do some of those things, I know you adore your child. And you're probably only doing it because you just, no one teaches this stuff. You've never heard it before. It's not because you're a bad parent. You just didn't know, all right? In the next video, I'm going to show you how to handle these things in a way that's, that speaks to what your heart is. You want to be kind and loving. You want to handle it the right way. So if you want to know how not to alienate your child, tune in next the next two weeks because the next week I'm going to go through these four um, characteristics and show you what we really want to do about it, all right? How, what the best way is to share this information. And then the third video is, what do you need to do for yourself to be the parent who handles all of this? That'll be two weeks away from this. So there you go. Remember, if you're being alienated against, if you're being abused, it is, a, in my book, it is abuse. And it is abuse against your children. Don't fall in the trap of hating the ex. That just leaves you in purgatory. Do the work, whether it's any of my free stuff or any of my classes, my book, booking an appointment. Take ownership of your side of the street. Be the parent for your children that you want to be. Start with that. And remember, enjoy the journey.